Before we get started today, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you looking to find more freedom and flexibility in your life with type 1 diabetes? Are you looking to increase your confidence and decrease your stress? If so, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist membership. When you join, you'll get weekly sessions with me where we'll have master classes, diabetes and mental health question and answer sessions, and hot seat coaching sessions. You'll also get monthly behavioral challenges, a comprehensive resource library, and a private Facebook community. To learn more, go to thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And I can't wait for you to become a part of the Diabetes Psychologist membership community. And now, on to this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. When you're able to take responsibility for things in your life that really are your responsibility, then it makes it easier to actually take steps and deal with them. And so while it's easy to scapegoat diabetes and easy to just hate on diabetes and throw all of your garbage in your life on diabetes, it's not very helpful for your mental health and for your mental well-being in general. Also, when you do that, and when you throw all the blame on diabetes, all it does is make you hate diabetes even more. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. Do you ever find yourself blaming diabetes for everything that's going on in your life? You have a bad day, it's because of diabetes. You don't feel well, it's because of diabetes. You got in a fight with your sister, it's because of diabetes. Diabetes can feel overwhelming and it can make you feel like everything is going wrong in your life because of diabetes. But the reality is diabetes does not exist in a silo. Diabetes exists in the context of our lives. In our lives, sometimes things go well, and sometimes things can be very challenging because of diabetes and also completely aside from diabetes. And it's really important that as a person with diabetes, you're able to differentiate between the two. Because when you start blaming diabetes for everything going wrong in your life, life gets really, really challenging. If you ever find yourself doing this, know that you're not alone. I think that we all do it to some degree. Diabetes is the easy thing to blame. It's always there. It's always annoying. And it's a good excuse to blame something, especially when we don't want to face the reality that life can be challenging even with diabetes. And diabetes is not always a culprit in making diabetes challenging. When we do this, blaming diabetes for everything that goes wrong in your life is called diabetes scapegoating. I am sure you've heard of a scapegoat before. A scapegoat's a person blamed for wrongdoings, mistakes, or faults of others, especially for reasons of expediency. Usually a scapegoat is a person. But in this case, the scapegoat is diabetes. We blame diabetes for 
everything going wrong in our lives. Any possible challenge is thrown on diabetes' back. And the definition says we scapegoat things for expediency. We scapegoat them to make it easier for ourselves. So we don't have to think about or take responsibility for the things that are challenging in our lives. Scapegoating diabetes can sometimes be the easy way out. But I think we have to ask ourselves, why do we use diabetes as a scapegoat? What do we get out of it? And how is it helpful for us? And I have four reasons why I think we use diabetes as a scapegoat. The first is diabetes is an easy target. It's easy to blame diabetes for our challenges because it's always there. It's always there. It's always annoying. And more importantly, it's not a person. It's not something that can defend itself. When you blame diabetes for something, it's really a scapegoat because it can't stand up for itself. It can't argue back. It just takes whatever you throw at it and doesn't say a word. So because diabetes is such an easy target and it's easy to blame all of our troubles on diabetes, we do it all the time. But it's not especially helpful, especially when diabetes doesn't deserve the blame. The second reason we use diabetes as a scapegoat is because it helps us to avoid and escape from other areas of our lives, especially the ones that are really challenging. So for example, if you're struggling at school or at work because the work is too challenging or maybe you're bored, but you don't want to accept responsibility for that. You don't want to accept that you need to study harder or maybe find a new job. It's easy to blame diabetes for the trouble that you're having. It means you don't have to worry about it because you put your hands up and nothing you can do. Life can be stressful sometimes and there's no way around that. But when we blame diabetes, it helps us to escape from the stress of our lives because we're able to divert the stress and ignore it and put it on something else. But sometimes we bear responsibility for that stress, whether it's in relationships or in a job or just um, in how things are going in our lives that have nothing to do with diabetes. And so while it's easy to use diabetes as a scapegoat, as a way to escape other areas of our lives, it's not always the most helpful or the most healthy. Number three, the third reason why we tend to use diabetes as a scapegoat is because diabetes is the thing that we all love to hate. Why wouldn't we want to pour all of the responsibility for all the challenges in our lives on diabetes? It's annoying as it is and not something that any of us want. So it's really easy and helpful in our minds at least to put all responsibility for everything on diabetes. But again, that's not particularly helpful for us because when diabetes doesn't deserve the blame, it's not that diabetes cares about what we put on it. It doesn't know. It's not a person. It can't respond or think. But when we divert attention and divert responsibility to something that doesn't deserve that responsibility and away from ourselves or away from something that actually does deserve that responsibility, we're not doing ourselves any favors because it doesn't allow us to cope with the situation as it is. It doesn't allow us to deal with the situation and deal with the challenges that we have. If we skirt them off and tell diabetes that we blame it for everything, then we're left 
in a pretty helpless spot. Because if diabetes is to blame for everything, and we can't do anything about diabetes, and we play no role in that, at least that's how we think about it when we scapegoat diabetes, then we're destined to be in the same situation over and over again. When you're able to take responsibility for things in your life that really are your responsibility, then it makes it easier to actually take steps and deal with them. And so while it's easy to scapegoat diabetes and easy to just hate on diabetes and throw all of your garbage in your life on diabetes, it's not very helpful for your mental health and for your mental well-being in general. Also, when you do that, and when you throw all the blame on diabetes, all it does is make you hate diabetes even more. So not only do you lose the ability to take responsibility for the challenges that you have that really are your responsibility, but it also makes you hate diabetes even more than you already do. It makes diabetes even more challenging because you become so much more resentful towards it. And the fourth reason why we use diabetes as a scapegoat is because it's an excuse for taking responsibility in our lives. We don't like to take responsibility for things that are our fault. And so if we can blame diabetes, why not do that? It just seems easier. But as I said before, that's not a really healthy approach because it doesn't allow you to take responsibility and then take action to fix the challenges that you may have that have nothing to do with diabetes. You may be wondering, what does scapegoating diabetes look like in real life? I want to give you a couple of examples from people that I've worked with over the years who have used diabetes as a scapegoat. And I want to show you some of the creative ways that this has happened. And I think this may give you some clarity as to how you may be using diabetes as a scapegoat if that's the case for you. First, I'll talk about a young lady who I'll call Sarah. Sarah has challenges with control in her life, and she feels in many ways, completely out of control. She feels controlled by her boss. She feels controlled by her mom. And sometimes she feels controlled by her friends and even by her emotions. But when you ask Sarah why she feels so out of control, her go-to answer is because I have type 1 diabetes. She's worried about her blood sugars all the time. She feels like she can't eat what she wants to eat. And she feels like diabetes is controlling her because it impacts her ability to do things that she wants to do. She's not feeling well. She's feeling anxious. And that gets her down. But when you dig a little bit deeper with Sarah, you recognize that her feelings of being out of control are not just around diabetes. They come into play in all different areas of her life. And this perception is something that she needs to work on. She's realized She needs to take responsibility for things in her life where she feels out of control. And diabetes isn't always to blame. But over the years, Sarah's come to a place where diabetes is her go-to thing to blame whenever she feels out of control. And that's really hampered her because when she's felt out of control with her parents or with her roommate or with her boss, she hasn't been able to address them because they're never the problem. And she's never the problem. It's always diabetes. And by blaming diabetes, she's kept herself stuck in this place of not being able to regain control in any area of her life. It's made things extremely challenging for her. 
once Sarah was able to realize and recognize that she scapegoats diabetes, things started to change for her. She was able to take responsibility for her own feelings. She was able to stand up to her boss, talk to her roommate, and even stand up to her parents, which for her was really challenging. But she came to see that it wasn't because of diabetes that she felt this way or because of diabetes that people were treating her this way, but that diabetes certainly held responsibility for some things and some challenges in her life, but certainly not for all of them. And for Sarah, being able to separate those things was pivotal. Next, let me tell you about Jason. Jason told me that he feels like a pity party all the time. And when I asked him why, his go-to answer is because I have diabetes. He says he feels like his blood sugars are never in control. He feels like diabetes from the time he was diagnosed has gotten him down and held him back and made him feel sorry for himself. And it always comes back to diabetes, all of the challenges that he has with his wife, with his kids, and even his financial situation, he believes, comes down to diabetes. But when he dug a little bit deeper, Jason was able to recognize that not all of his problems, especially not all the ones he was blaming on diabetes, were the responsibility of diabetes. And actually, many of the problems he blamed on diabetes had nothing to do with diabetes. He was able to see that he felt sorry for himself for many reasons, which I won't go into right now. But diabetes was the easy thing to blame because it was safer for him. Diabetes didn't hold the emotional charge for him that the real reasons for his self-pity did. And so blaming diabetes was an easy way out rather than having to deal with some of the big demons that he had in his past. Also, he felt that diabetes was an excuse not to take responsibility, not to do certain things at work or certain things in his family. And by doing that, he really impacted his relationships with his coworkers and with his family members. But he used it as a scapegoat because he felt like diabetes was just too hard. And it was easy to push it aside and blame diabetes for his lack of responsibility and lack of responsiveness than actually take responsibility for it himself. Once he was able to recognize he was doing this, he was able to take responsibility and see that diabetes wasn't always at fault and that he had the ability to move past it. He got some evidence in his life that he has the ability to be responsible and that even though it doesn't always feel great, it's not always diabetes fault and which gave him the motivation to actually work through some of the challenges that he had from his past. Blaming diabetes was the easy way out for Jason, but once he was able to take responsibility, he was able to work through some of the challenges that he had from his past and was able to come to a much better place in his life and improve his relationship with diabetes in the process. So if you find yourself scapegoating diabetes, what can you do to stop scapegoating it? And I want to give you three simple tips that you can use to stop scapegoating diabetes for challenges in your life. Step number one, be brutally honest with yourself. It's so easy to scapegoat diabetes, and sometimes you're not even aware you're doing it. Actually, most of the time, you're probably not even aware that you're doing it. So you have to do a self-assessment and really think to yourself, is diabetes to blame for the challenge that I'm having? And sometimes 
that can be a hard conversation to have with yourself. But by being brutally honest, you can start to see where you're scapegoating diabetes and where diabetes really does hold responsibility. And that differentiation can be extremely helpful. Step number two, get very clear on the benefit that you get from scapegoating diabetes. This is really important because you get a benefit from scapegoating it. If you didn't, you wouldn't be doing it. But that benefit probably doesn't outweigh the cost, especially if you're not being honest with yourself. But in order to change, in order to stop scapegoating diabetes, you have to be aware of that benefit. Because by not scapegoating diabetes, you'll lose that benefit. So by being clear and honest with yourself about the benefit that you get, you can prepare for losing that benefit and be prepared to move past it. But if you're not prepared for it and you lose the benefit, it's going to be a surprise to you. And you'll probably revert right back to scapegoating diabetes. Step number three, take steps to take ownership of your emotions and challenges. Because in the end, scapegoating diabetes is just passing the blame. You're not doing yourself any favors by scapegoating diabetes where it doesn't hold responsibility. It doesn't help you get past the challenges that you have, the very real challenges. And so you want to accept to take ownership of these challenges, recognize them, and then dive into them so you can address them in the best way possible, as opposed to shoving off all responsibility to diabetes. Take a minute and think about this. Do you scapegoat diabetes? And if you do, in what way? How does it help you? But more importantly, how does it hurt you? How does it hurt you in your relationship with diabetes? And how does it hurt you in the rest of your life, in addressing the challenges that you have in other areas of your life? Once you're clear on that, you can really start moving forward to addressing the challenges that you have and stop scapegoating diabetes when it doesn't deserve the blame. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. If you live with type 1 diabetes and you're looking for some extra support around the mental health aspects of type 1 diabetes, I want to invite you to join the Diabetes Psychologist membership. The Diabetes Psychologist membership gives you the tools, resources, and skills that you need to deal effectively with all the stress diabetes throws your way. We have weekly interactive sessions where you can ask me questions, attend master classes where you can learn new essential skills to manage stress of diabetes, as well as get hot seat coaching to address your specific issues around the mental health aspects of type 1 diabetes. To join the membership, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And be sure to use discount code COMMUNITY to get your first month for only $10. I always love hearing from my listeners. To get in touch, please DM me on Instagram at the Diabetes Psychologist or send me an email to mark at the Diabetes Psychologist.com. Let me know how you're doing and let me know if you ever use diabetes as a scapegoat. And be sure to tune in next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, 
and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way.